Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Episode 247 is an interview I did for a podcast called Burger Bites. Rance Burger is the editor for our local newspaper, the Christian County Headliner News, and is the director of communications for the Grip and Rip Baseball League. The Grip and Rip Baseball League is one of the premier wood bat leagues for players ages 21 and over. Rance does play-by-play, helps promote the league, and also helps maximize the experience for fans and players. His Burger Bites podcast helps promote the GRBL and can be found at anchor.fm backslash GRBL or by searching Burger Bites podcast wherever you get your podcast. The Grip and Rip started in 2014 and is an adult wood bat league with tryouts and a draft. The GRBL is starting its fifth year in August at the 5,000 seat U.S. ballpark in Ozark, Missouri. The six teams are the Branson Showmen, the Moon City Mavericks, the Nixa Suckers, the Ozark Mountain Ducks, the Republic Locos, and the Springfield Metropolitans. I want to thank Rance for the interview opportunity and invite you to listen to his podcast and go to grip-n-ripbaseball.com for more information. So here's the interview in full. Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. We have talked a great deal about college sports recruiting on past episodes of Burger Bites. Baseball players like Skylar Henson, Cole Rourke, King Owens, and professionals like Brad Case and Andy Galley have shared their college baseball recruiting stories positive and negative. What about athletes for whom recruiting is in the present or the future tense? It turns out I had a recruiting resource in the same city where I live, Ozark, Missouri. I've actually known Brent Hanks for several years. Our paths crossed when he was on the Ozark Board of Education, and I asked him questions about bonding capacity, standardized test scores, and hiring the right administrators. I also know him as the father of Parker Hanks, whose high school baseball career I covered when Parker was playing for the Ozark Tigers. I will fully admit my skepticism. When I was working for the Springfield News Leader covering high school athletes and high-profile recruits, I kept my distance from some of the recruiting services out there that charge families serious money on the shaky promise that it would help them land a scholarship to a major college or university. I saw a lot of them to be sleazy at best, and flat-out con artists at the very worst. If I felt like RecruitMe.com was sleazy or that they were dealing in the business of false promises, I would not have had Brent as a guest on the show. Brent Hanks made the jump from selling Chevrolets to helping families navigate the landscape of college sports recruiting. As the owner and CEO of RecruitMe.com, with a hyphen between the words recruit and me, Brent Hanks works with athletes 
across an array of sports and skill levels to help them make the most of their opportunities. I know you from covering the Ozark Board of Education when you were on that, and then also just from getting my wife's car worked on at Hank's Chevrolet back in the day. So you're a, a Southwest Missouri guy from all the way back, am I right? Well, I've, I've only been in Ozark for 53 years. So, so yep, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty ingrained in the, in the Ozark and Southwest Missouri area. I know you're not selling cars anymore. You've got this new venture with RecruitMe.com. So first of all, let's explain what RecruitMe.com is. Uh, if you were on Shark Tank and Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary was staring you right in the face, how would you explain the concept of RecruitMe to him? Well, I, I like to tell people that Recruit Me is a place, and uh, it's a place that you go to get uh, educated about the college athletic recruiting process. So we try to provide as many uh, free and inexpensive resources to help you learn how to get recruited, both the student athlete and the parent. Student athletes, they tend to, uh, you know, have ideas of what they want to do, and parents kind of have to, they have to kind of be that uh, backseat driver or that uh trying to teach your kid how to drive, you can't grab the wheel all the time, but you can kind of tell them where to go and kind of guide them. So you're the, the kind of the secretary for the student athlete as they go through the process. So I know a lot of folks kind of bristle or, uh, or lock up when they hear the phrase recruiting service get used. So let's, let's get into a little bit of what you are and what you are not. You know, what are the, first of all, what are the things you tell people you can do for them when they're checking out recruitme.com? Well, we can try to take away some of the fear and anxiety and uh, not knowing when and where and how to start the recruiting process and then uh, hopefully save them some time and some money through the recruiting process because you're spending so much time on your sport and, and money on your sport. We want we want to, to me, there's no reason to spend two or $3,000 on a recruiting process to get a $5,000 scholarship. So again, we're, we're trying to reduce that because you're spending a lot of money traveling, uh, you know, uh, equipment, lessons, and so forth. So recruiters, uh, college coaches want to hear from the student athlete anyway. And uh, as our kids have gotten into the recruiting, and, and the reason I got into this because, you know, I went through the recruiting process with my older son, Parker, and, you know, he's now at, at Northwestern University in the, in the Big Ten. And Bourbon last inning, and Arrow and Jack Dunn here in the sixth to keep the deficit at three. Parker Hanks gets the job done with a little help from his friends. Left-handed pitcher, and, and we knew enough to be dangerous on the recruiting part of it. And luckily, my marketing ideas that I had for the car business kind of translated over into uh, marketing my son, which is, that's what people bristle at a lot, is this like, I don't want to promote my son. I don't want to, or daughter, and and I don't want to, you know, always be focusing on on everything that they do great, but that's what you've got to do to, to uh, let college coaches know that you're out there. So high school brings on that team sport and that discipline and uh, then that you've got to show the accolades of a student so that they can get attention of a, uh, of a college recruiter. We're, we are basically anti-recruiting service. Again, I don't, I don't want you to spend that, that money and they're going to go through and ask you the same questions that we're going to go through in, in our process and you're just answering questions for them and they're putting it down and then, and then stamping your name on it and sending out emails. So we are also not a uh, service that tells you what level you should play at and makes connections with you with colleges. We want you to educate yourself so you can find the right fit for you. So I do have connections in colleges, but I'm, I'm not going to say you need to, I'm not going to funnel you to certain colleges. 
And I've heard like really elite athletes, you know, when looking back on their own recruitment, will say things like, you know, if you're good enough, the college coach will find you. And and maybe that works if you're a pitcher and you throw 98 or you're a basketball player and, and you score 45 points a game. But, you know, what about the rest of us? And maybe you can even relate this to Parker just as far as how much he had to work to put his own name out there and really be an advocate for himself. You know, there, there are very few LeBron James's sons out there. So what we struggle with is when do we start this process? And, and again, and I'll use Parker as an example. Parker was, you know, six foot and 150 pounds his freshman and sophomore year. We're not sending video out on him because he's not quite the physical prospect at that particular time. And all of a sudden, you know, kids, usually their junior year, junior and senior year, you know, they're 6'2 and weigh 175 and they're throwing in the mid 80s or, you know, basketball wise, you know, one of Parker's uh, classmates, Quinn Nelson, that's up at SBU, wasn't a physical prospect until his junior, senior year. So it's finding the right time to send the stuff out. But we use the freshman and sophomore year to really concentrate on getting better at your at your craft, whether it's track and field, whether it's football, whether it's soccer, golf, whatever, and then educate ourselves on schools and getting ready and having an introductory email, having a player profile or a resume. And then we, we promote, uh, instead of filling out online questionnaires for each college, building your own questionnaire. And, and then when the time is right, you send all that stuff out. So again, Parker Whenever he developed his junior year, he was a uh, left-handed pitcher, went 8-0 and in the Central Ozark Conference, was conference pitcher of the year. And we're like, man, everybody's going to come and want to see him. And they didn't. You know, local schools did. And uh, so we started sending stuff out because we had video and started getting some responses and we send to 15 or 20 schools. Probably what I would have done differently is I would have started sending and we would have had a list of 50 or 60 schools. At, at all levels. Now, Parker also got a 32 on his ACT his sophomore year. So he had a sellable type of um, you know resource that we could send out. So we did sit down and make us make a list, but it just, what I found out, it wasn't as big as what it probably should have been. Now, I can't complain because where he, where he ended up ended, ended up being really good. And, but if it would have rained the day that that coach came and saw him, I don't know where he would have been. And so I wanted to reach out to, uh, families in the southwest Missouri area. And then with Recruit Me, I end up reaching out not only nationwide, but worldwide. I've been contacted by people all over the world because international students want want to figure out how to come to college in, in the United States. We, we reached out and we did just enough that it, that it worked out real well for us. And I wanted to pass information along and maybe kind of, again, reduce the anxiety and the fear and the cost and the time that uh, student athletes and their parents might have. Kind of led into the question I had about timing. Is there a, a too late or really what I want to ask about, is there a too early time in an athlete's career to start initiating contact with college sports programs? Well, I'll answer both of those. Uh, it's never too late. If, if you want to play, there, we'll figure out how, how you can go play. Too early? Well, if you had a thousand athletes, there's going to be probably a thousand different recruiting situations. And so what I see in boys more is we do think that we're going to go to a tournament, whether it's basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever, and a coach is going to see me and I'm going to go three for four and they're going to sign me right there as a freshman. You've got to be pretty special. You've got to be a physical specimen. And again, I know in the Hanks household, we're not physical specimens. Uh, so you see some kids, uh, you know, uh, there's a friend of mine and he's he's got a son at, at Catholic right now. 
his son's a physical specimen. He's six three, six four, and he's already verbally committed to Mizzou and keeps working hard. And he's he's only a sophomore. And so you see those. So those guys are doing the right thing. Otherwise, there's no reason to send video out until you are physically ready to be seen, that you kind of fit what a normal college kid would look like. So a lot of things that we do is we do a lot of research and say, go look at a college's roster, look at Drury's roster, look at SBU's roster, look at Mizzou's roster. You know, if all the pitchers are 6'3", that tells, that tells you a little bit. You know, if, if you're looking at basketball, if you're looking at football and the linemen, uh, you know, look and see is your size equivalent to what Evangel's linemen are. Uh, what uh, Texas Tech's linemen are. There's never really a, a, a too late a time, but you can send stuff too early because you don't want to send a, a bad impression. You don't want to have things, uh, send, send them things that don't, aren't relevant. So kind of, I guess, if I want to normalize it, we're going to use our freshman year to really work on our academics, uh, work on our, our sport, start deciding whether we want to go play college. Uh, we talk about going and doing drive-throughs. If you're going to spend the money to go to a tournament, look around and see what colleges are out there and take an extra 30 minutes or an hour and drive through that college campus because a lot of kids haven't seen a college campus. Heck, go to a baseball game. I mean, we got U.S. Ballpark here. Go and see if you can play at a jury level or an evangel level or a Missouri State level. And, and you know, basketball-wise, go sit next to the court and see how fast it goes or volleyball-wise. I mean, Missouri State volleyball is is elite. And if you want to play at Missouri State, you need to go actually watch them play because un- unfortunately, I think a lot of kids, the only games that they ever see are the games that they play in. And you need to go watch other other people play. Your sophomore year, you know, you're starting to mature a little bit. And now we're going to start setting up ourselves to be, be ready to send that stuff out. So if all of a sudden you have that little growth spurt and uh, you're ready, you, the end of your sophomore summer, or the start of your junior year, then you're ready to send that stuff out and start getting attention. And then hopefully uh, start having communications with coaches. And then your junior year, you also, you're, you know, you're driving, you, uh, you get a girlfriend and you have prom, you know, you get your braces off and, you know, all of a sudden high school starts speeding up your, your junior and senior year. So if we can do all this pre-work your freshman and sophomore year, then you're ready to go your junior and senior year to actually uh, not only have a good season, but also get recruited. Is there any kind of variance in general when you're uh, maybe you're playing what the NCAA calls the revenue sports like football or basketball versus like when I was at Mizzou, we called them the Olympic sports. So things like swim and dive or track and field or, uh, you know, the things where maybe there's a little less subjectivity and a little more. It's just all about what the time shows on the clock at the end of your competition. Yes, there is. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview with a, a gentleman that they moved into Ozark, Cameron Wright. Cameron was an, actually an Olympian high jumper in 1996 and was a five-time All-American high jumper at, uh, at SIU, our, our rival, uh, Southern Illinois. And uh, we talked about that on, on the podcast that obviously timing type stuff uh, like track and field, swimming, golf, some stuff that's not sub- as subjective are a little easier to to maybe send your stuff in. But there are also a lot of people that can jump your height. You know, to be elite, you got you to gotta move it on up. So academics and uh, your character also still jump in on, on those sports. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you go out and shoot 
like uh, Catholics girls have the last couple of years in golf, you're going to get attention. You know, that's the hard thing about baseball. And 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 again, we we didn't understand a lot of times on Parker, where again he got all these accolades, had the good ACT score, and he didn't throw hard enough to hit that number in baseball to get a lot of attention. So we had to work hard to find a fit for him. And, uh, you know, we didn't understand. We, I, I thought in pitching, the idea was to get people out and apparently it's, it's to throw hard, uh, you know, in, in getting a coach's attention. And so you got to go and you got to search for that that good fit. And and Parker's the pitching coach that we end up talking to, he said, we're going to get you from 83 to 87, where other people were wanting him to come out of high school at 85, 86. And he just physically wasn't there. You know, he's 6'2 and 195 pounds now. So it makes a little bit of difference whenever you have somebody look at you and say, hey, I can see potential in you. And that's what you have to work to find. What about the kids who, you know, do have by natural gifts or, or through hard work are on a higher academic level than your average student athlete? You know, the guys and girls who do have the high ACT scores and particularly those who... Uh, you know, maybe they really have their career after sports goal in mind. They've got a specific degree that they want to go out there and and get after. You know, how how does a career driven or an academic driven kid like that complicate the athletic recruiting situation? Well, you you can be a little pickier. Uh, and I've got a, I've got a friend of ours that uh, is down in Arkansas, and and he's a high ACT score kid. He uh, all of a sudden has burst on the scene, and he's throwing like 87, 88 as a, as a right-handed pitcher and has potential to do more. And they were making a list of schools. And then he all of a sudden uh, went to a showcase and threw 87 or 88. And all of a sudden, five D1s called. And and the, the dad called me and said, we weren't ready for that. I mean, we're, you know, he was, these were schools that were higher up than what they were planning on. And I said, well, that's a good problem because now – you don't need to wait for people to come and see you. You need to pick your schools that you want to go to and then evaluate the academics and the possibility of playing. So now he can kind of pick and choose. It basically showed him what level he is at. He can pick basically a really good D3 school, uh, you know, educationally if he wants to and probably go compete for a national championship type of uh, situation. He can probably pick up the phone and call any D2 school he wants to. And then he's got some options on some uh, D1s, obviously. Now he's just got to go find the right fit for him academically and and uh, playing. You know, does he want to go play for an Arkansas and sit for two years? Or does he want to maybe come to Missouri State or or ORU or St. Louis U and, uh, and and kind of be an impact player for four years and then, you know, have an opportunity to possibly go to the NCAA tournament type. It, it, and both of those are right. You know, there's a young man uh, locally basketball wise that has put himself uh, into a good situation. And I know he's getting contacts and he's only a sophomore and um, he's getting some big time contacts. And, and I'm talking to his dad is like, you need to go out and search for the places you want to go. Don't wait for people to show interest in you. And even if you're a, uh, I guess, a regular type of ACT guy, like I won't even say that I was a regular ACT guy. I was kind of a lower ACT guy. But, but if you're a regular ACT type of person, grade person, you still need to go shop yourself. And that's kind of a weird thing to say about a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, but you need to go shop yourself and find that connection to a program and a coach that, that fits you. Now, one thing that you ha really have to watch is coaches can go away. 
So uh, you need to fall in love with the program, the uh, education of it, because if a coach is good and you're at a, at a lower level, they may move up and uh, leave you, uh, you leave you there, you know, three out of the four years. So uh, you want to have a good relationship with a coach, but that shouldn't be the only reason you should, you should go to a school. There's kind of this aura that surrounds, you know, being able to say I'm a division one athlete versus, uh, you know, playing at a division two or NAIA or junior college program. And I think a lot of folks just from the outside looking in really uh, hold up the kids who go to a D1 school versus those for a variety of reasons who might choose to go to a smaller college. So, uh, well, and, you know. and, and I think it, I think it is an aura and uh, back a hundred years ago when I was in high school, uh, I had played with a good kid named Chris Larson and uh, Chris was getting recruited basketball wise. And uh, we talked a little bit cause I was already in college and we talked a little bit and, and I said, Chris, you can go to this school or that school and you might play two years or you can go to C of O and be an all time leading scorer. Well, Chris is the second all time leading scorer at, at C of O. Can you take that? You can't take that away from him. Clayton Engel here at Drury may, I don't know, he may set a home run record for Drury. Well, you know, or he could have gone to K-State and maybe played a couple years and and not really have had that significant of a, of a career. So it depends on what your mindset is. There was a kid years ago and uh, he went and sat on the bench at K, KU and could have been an all-star probably in our area, but he, he won a national championship with KU. And I don't know that he ever played a minute in four years, you know. All of those are the right choices. You just have to understand what what your situation is. The hard part, and one thing we talked to Parker about, is the higher you go, the more you're going to sit. Mentally, are you ready to sit? So again, you got you got to really do some research and find out whether you can step in your freshman or sophomore year. That's one thing that one reason that we talk a lot about JUCOs in any sport is because if you go to a JUCO, you're actually competing against guys and gals your age instead of competing against. 21, 22, 23 year old men and women. And uh, physically, again, you may not be quite ready for that. So a JUCO gives you that one or two years of opportunity to mature and then step in and be ready. So uh, people sometimes look down on a JUCO and uh, JUCO is, is a great opportunity, especially unfortunately in, in the COVID situation where, where uh, rosters are stacked right now from, from people coming back. When it comes to sending out material to college programs, uh, how I guess how tech savvy or you know how much multimedia experience and and maybe kind of that that technical side of video do you recommend an athlete or at least you know somebody in their family that's that's on their team needs to have they don't they don't have to have very much and 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 this is not being derogatory toward coaches but do you think coaches want are looking at a bunch of technical stuff coaches are very simple and straightforward they want to they want a one page email or letter I think I talked to uh, Neil Stafford there at Missouri State, said they would have like 700 emails for one class. You know, well, Neil doesn't have time to read three pages on each kid. He wants to see a short email, uh, short updates, two to three minute videos. What I recommend, like what I'm doing with Sutton, my younger son, is I have a two minute video for for hitting and running and I've got a two minute video for uh, for pitching so they can watch whichever one they want. You don't have to have music. You don't have to have a lot of lot of stuff. Plus, I had a I had a mom the other day that we were working on the player profile that we recommend, which is a, like a one page resume. And um, I, we have kind of a format that we use and I sent it to her and she said, well, I'm not savvy enough to do that. And I said, well, your son is. And so the next day, put it in form. The, the kids know how to do this. So they, they've got to buy in and they got to be responsible for some of this too. 
probably one of the biggest surprises when I talk to families is they think that their kid is going to get a full ride scholarship and get their college paid for by their sport. And there are very, very, very few full ride scholarships. Men's football, uh, men's basketball are the only two division one sports that get a full ride. And I think the women have four or five sports that get a, get a full ride. Everything else is a partial scholarship and has to be matched with scholarships you go get through your school or through your academics, or obviously there, there's financial aid type stuff. So the shock on people's faces when I tell them that you're not going to get a full ride scholarship in, in baseball, even if you go to you know, Missouri State, does not give full ride scholarships because they've got 11.7 scholarships to give to 40 guys. Well, I, I'm not good at math, but uh, that, that, that doesn't work out very well. So, you know, there's a lot of little things. Uh, we do a lot of uh, little one or two line updates. Anytime that Parker or Sutton would uh, have a, a tournament, we would send to our list of people and say, hey, you know, this is what we did this weekend. And then also, hey, I saw the Bears did a good job this weekend against Bradley. You know, mention mention the school specifically uh, when you when you send updates so that they know that you care. You know, don't be so formal. You know, call call them by their mascot or you know, I'm I'm glad the glad the maroon did a good job. You know, just little things that make it personal. Is you know the money and the the amount of scholarship the biggest misconception you have to explain to people when you're pulling back the curtain on the way college sports works to the uninitiated? I, I think that is probably the band-aid that hurts the worst is when you rip off that you're not going to get a full ride scholarship. I think the other thing is I'm going to go up and have a good tournament and somebody's going to see me play and they're going to fall all over me. You know, I'm going to commit as a, you know, somebody's going to see me as a freshman and I'm going to commit. You know, you, you see those, uh, you see them on TV. That's what stories are made of. And that's what, you know, newspapers write about or, or blogs or everybody tweets, well, I got an offer or whatever. And, and it just happens differently for everybody. So yeah, yeah, the, the money and the, and the timing of it uh, is, is probably what uh, kind of shocks people the most. Are there any recommendations you can kind of tailor to families who are on maybe the, the downside of the economic gap, I guess. Like if you're, you know, maybe you don't have the money to play, pay dues for a club team and travel out of town every weekend, you know, and attend showcases and camps. And you're just a little limited by finances as, as far as what you can do outside of playing for your school team. You don't have to travel all over the place for somebody to uh, see you because the way I look at it and the way we actually did it, we invited people to come and see us. Uh, and then the video off obviously helps a little bit. So obviously going and playing all over the country is fun, but your return on investment, sometimes people will look at it and say, well, I spent all this money traveling all over the place and I didn't get a scholarship or I only got $3,000 scholarship or whatever. It's not a return on investment. If you're going to go to Louisville to play in a basketball tournament, you're going to Louisville to have fun and play against good competition, not not to increase your odds of getting a, a scholarship. You really just have to reach out and go work at it. The other thing that you can do if, if, if you're you know really looking for money is go to your high school counselor and ask for that box of scholarships that, that you can fill out. And heaven forbid, you got to go write a five-page little story to uh, possibly get a $500 scholarship. A $500 scholarship here and a $300 and a $1,500, they all add up. That will make you more attractive to a school because they don't have to put as much baseball money into you or track and field money because they are limited on scholarships. So if two people are about the same, two people both jump, you know, six foot and on the high jump, 
and one of them doesn't need as much money, guess which one they're, they're going to, the college is going to take. So you can go in and I, th- I think we miss our high school counselors and, and don't engage them as much. Get online. You can fill out all sorts of, uh, uh, you really have to go work at it. Uh, a college can be inexpensive if you work at it, but it's not, not going to fall into your lap. Brent, another thing I noticed just looking around on recruitme.com was, yeah, you know, you have the the resume builder, you have, you know, some of the products you market, but then you've just got a lot of resources on there. You know, you've got podcasts, you've got full-fledged audio books. So can you kind of just give me the rundown of of what what is under the big umbrella that is recruitme.com? Yeah, when you when you first go on to recruitme.com, uh, uh, you'll see an opportunity to get a, a free uh, recruiting power pack that gives you uh, a uh, some of the first steps to the recruiting process. It gives you a uh, audio that talks about video. In the, isn't that ingenious that we did that audio that talks about video, and then it gives you the uh, template for the uh, for the player profile. So that kind of gets you started. And then there's another tab that is the podcast. And the gentleman that I bought Recruit Me From had done over 200 podcasts. They come out on Tuesdays. They're about 15 minutes. So, you know, there's a great recruiting. You can spend 15 minutes a, a week and, and, and get a little tidbit about recruiting. Uh, I've, I've started doing a, a few more interviews. I've interviewed, uh, I interviewed Barry Henson the other day. I, had, I asked two questions and got uh, uh, about an hour's worth of uh, material from Barry. Um, I've interviewed uh, two parents, one of a D1 soccer player, one of a D1 volleyball player. Again, I interviewed uh, Neil Stafford. So, you know, there's not just me talking. There's I'm, I'm trying to get other people on there and uh, just trying to give you 15 minutes of, of uh, information that you can listen to on the way to work or as you mow. That podcast is called the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. We're the longest running recruiting education podcast out there with, with over 200 uh, podcasts. And then uh, Mr. Fiegler wrote two books. He was in the radio business and also is a writer. He writes some faith-based books. Uh, his sons, gosh, they're they're grown and have kids now, but they both went and pitched for Air Force uh, back about 20-some years ago, and that's how he got started, kind of the same way I got started. And he has written two books. Uh, one is called The Athletic Scholarship uh, Playbook, and uh, you can get it as an audible uh, book, or you can uh, buy it and, and get a uh, soft back. You can get it from me, or you can get it from Amazon, and it's only $13.99. And then he has a 24 month planner and journal that can walk you through and help you keep track of all the schools, and it's $19.99. So just inexpensive resources that we try to put out there and hopefully we'll develop some more. I'm actually going to uh, try to do a uh, some seminars. I call it the uh, CARS 101, the College Athletic Recruiting Seminar 101. And I don't want to confuse that with my old car selling days, but uh, where I try to go through the freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And, and if any if any program, any team, any school wants me to come, I'll do a free seminar and I can do 15 minutes. I can do two hours, whatever whatever you want to do. I'll come and talk to your group and, and kind of go through the process. And hopefully that'll get you, get you going on the recruiting process. You can find out a whole lot more about college athletics and recruitment by checking out recruitme.com. Don't forget the hyphen between recruit and me. And they have plenty of resources you can check out at no cost. I know this episode was a little bit different than a typical episode of Burger Bites, so let me know what you think. If you'd like for me to have Brent Hanks on the show again to tackle different aspects of recruiting, or if you just like it when we occasionally do a non-grip-and-rip baseball league show, let me know on the Burger Bites podcast Facebook page or get at me on Twitter, at Rance Burger. 
Next time on Burger Bites, it is the 50th episode of the show. I didn't think it would go this far, but we've got something special in store. Until then, I'm Rance Burger. Good night from Ozark, Missouri. I would like to thank Rance for the opportunity to be on his podcast. Remember, you can find Rance's show at anchor.fm backslash grbl or by searching Burger Bites Podcast wherever you get your podcast. That will do it for this week. Thank you for listening and we will see you next Tuesday on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.